talking about the resurrection, beloved in the Lord, is more than a theological discussion. It's also an apologetic subject. And as an apologetic subject, it leads logically to the theme of ecclesiology, particularly the institution of the Twelve being the link between the church and the resurrection of Christ. We learn about the resurrection from the testimony of witnesses and the church from the beginning was formed and structured around the testimony and authority of specific men who were appointed witnesses of the risen Jesus. These men were originally known simply as the Twelve. Now certainly the Lord appeared to others beside these Twelve. Nonetheless, each of the four Gospels concentrates attention on a specific revelation to this group, at this time are called the Eleven, a revelation in which the risen Lord commissions these men with particular authority as his appointed witnesses. You don't have that for anybody else, just these. Although the four evangelists differ greatly among themselves with respect to the details of this revelation, and even the locale where it took place, the fact of the apostolic revelation is the same in each account and each account contains some form of what we call the Great Commission. This means that the authority of these 12 is in every case related to their qualifications to testify to the factual truth of the resurrection. You see, the original witness of the church is not, it's not character witnesses. We know him and think he, we think he was great. No, this is fact witnesses. The four evangelists in varying ways and in accord with the local traditions of which they rely, bear witness to that common apostolic authority. By reason of a special commission given by the risen Jesus himself, those 12 formed a corporate cohesive unit of apostolic authority in the church. Indeed, their number itself was deemed important to the church's foundation. When the 12 were reduced to 11 because of the defection of Judas, they promptly provided for another man to take his place prior to the descent of the Holy Spirit. It's worth reviewing the conditions on which that choice was based. We heard them tonight. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism by John, to that day when he was taken up from us, one must become with us a witness of his resurrection. Beginning with the baptism by John until the day is taken up from us. There's, there's the early tradition. You notice that's where the Gospel of Mark 
begins. It's where the Gospel of John begins, with baptism by John. When God's choice fell on Matthias, therefore, says the text tonight, he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Chosen from a larger group of those who had seen the risen Jesus, Matthias was now officially taken into, numbered with this distinct body of authorized witnesses. This was not an individual, but a corporate calling. Matthias became a witness to the resurrection with them. To these 12, all of them chosen by God, was entrusted a special authority to speak to and for the church, particularly with respect to the resurrection. Even though everybody knew that other people had seen the resurrection, everybody knew that the Merbears had heard it, seen it before these guys did. Notice tonight the apostles did not select Matthias. They did not vote. I think we only started to get in real trouble when we started voting for bishops. I think that's where it started. Call on the Holy Spirit and pick straws. The apostolic method. I can't believe it wouldn't be some improvement just to try that. He was chosen, says the sacred text, by lot. Indeed, the Greek word for lot is kleros. K-L-E-R-O-S. You hear the root of the word clergy. A clergyman is somebody chosen by the rolling of dice. I think in my case, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so Mount Matthias became rather literally a clergyman. A man selected by lot. The ministry of the men thus chosen as authoritative witnesses was rooted in the Lord's resurrection. This truth is perhaps clearest in Matthew's version of the Great Commission, where Jesus begins by declaring, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It is in virtue of that authority that Jesus then directs this select group of men, go therefore, and make disciples of all nations. The important link word in this passage is therefore. The mission of the Twelve is the proper inference drawn from the premise of the authority and glorification of Jesus by virtue of the resurrection. So the office and ministry of apostolicity is inseparable from and totally depends on the resurrection of Christ. We think of that anytime we think about the structure of the church. It's all rooted in the witness to the resurrection. The apostolic authority of the church was founded on the, on the resurrection as on a validating principle. You know, as such, the 12 really could not have any successors, could they? When we speak about this, the successors of the apostles, we mean something different. You know, you can't have successors to witnesses. This institution pertained, then therefore, only to the founding of the church, 
not to its later history. And notice within the New Testament itself, within the New Testament itself, it gradually it disappears as a body. If you look at the icon above me here, you don't find Matthias there. You don't find Matthias. This institution pertained only to the founding of the church, not to its later history. The apostolic succession of the church does not include a succession to the institution of the Twelve. Thus, after one of them was martyred, notice that no substitute was chosen for him. Other men in the New Testament were called apostles, but no one could take the place of these twelve. The ministry was unique because it was foundational. Now you turn to that in the book of Revelation, don't you? The twelve foundation stones of the holy city. The church was founded on their witness, which was a once for all witness. Amen. <laughs>